Aloha nui kakoa, benina mai keia pukana o keia mahi podcast, oi ho yon mungkain things the podcast. Keia lai kuka kuka ana au, me kuu hoa pili, kuu hoa o ka ola lo Hawaii, oi ho i o kaui Lopez. Oh shit, I should have downloaded that fucking thing. Did you watch? <laughs> you did. did. Yeah, Grant, oh, if you're listening to this, Grant, soundboard. you're hilarious and I love you and that was so funny. I can do my own soundboard. Um, a little bit about Sheena, Sheenzi. Kaui, many epithets that she goes by. She is a decorated. Well, I don't know if I would say decorated. Sorry, that was like I mean, she's a, she's a, she isn't. Sorry, she. I mean, she's only been here for twenty seven. Yeah. Twenty seven years on this earth. Who the fuck is decorated at twenty seven years? But anyway, Me. she's an amazing kumuhula. She's a writer. She's a poet. She is a. Aloha Aina. She is a Poemalama Aina. She has done many things throughout her life. She has also received her uh, degree from UH Hilo in Hawaiian Studies and Communication. And communications. Um, she is an amazing singer. She's a great performer. Uh, she is a hula practitioner as well as kumuhula. I already said that, but it's important to differentiate between practitioners and dancers. We'll talk about that later. But of these many different things, she, I have also been blessed to have her as my friend for like the past, I don't know, like over 10 seven. years. Seven I years? Like, it's I only know. been seven years? I really don't. Well, almost no, ten, it's been 10 years. years. <laughs> Shut up. Because I got to Hilo in 2013. So, yes. So, I know, girl. We're getting Common old. marriage. So, we both went to Kamehameha School's Kupalama. And it's interesting. Common law marriage. <laughs> and it's interesting because we both are filthy pagans and we are very like love ritual love old school love traditional uh but we come from you know that that uh, i would almost say like christian brainwashed background of <laughs> chaos Kapala. protestant protestant are they protestant who's, who's that yeah <laughs> <Who>? christianity <laughs> um so protestant is what an offshoot of christianity i think so just like catholicism is an offshoot or it's like yeah. different Oh, okay. Half Christian, half Catholic. All right. I don't even. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So, half Christian, half Catholic, um, and that's the kind of background you know that Kamehameha Schools kind of brings into our life with the the daily chapels and the all of those different lovely things. Yes, uh, Christian education from kindergarten. So it's just interesting that we both come from that kind of a background, and we today are the kind of people that we are today. So. We have a lot of things to talk about. Uh, first, a little plug. I We have Mo'olelo Makeke coming up next week, Saturday, June 3rd, from 4 to 9 p.m. in Waialua at North Shore Stables. The address is 67-221 Waialua Beach Road. We'll be there with over 30 different vendors. There's going to be live music. There's going to be storytelling. We're going to have really good food and a whole bunch of different crafters and vendors. So come on out and kako'o kama'aina, kako'o kayaulu, and... Kako Omo Olelo. Yeah, Kako Omo We're going to also be talking about, ooh, that's right, Kapu Kapu Akea. I got to put that on my list of things to do. We're going to be talking about that on a future podcast, um, which is the Mo'olelo and the Vahi that we will be in for North Shore Sables. Ooh. Spoiler alert, there is or was a heiau there that was made entirely of kawila wood. Period. Isn't that really cool? That's, that's really cool. Sick. So anyway, Mo'olelo Makeke next week, Saturday. Also, if you're interested in hearing more, because Sheena and I are recording a Patreon episode right after this that will be uploaded to Patreon. 
um and that will have the real tea the real juice the real squeeze of because we love it raw we do bitch we we love to talk shit here really like i would say this podcast was born from period from other people from us like really (laughs) we be like in college all just sitting in the living room you saw the kind tv off just talking (laughs) what tv there was no tv For a very long time, there was no TV. You mean laptop off? So that was, anyway. All right. So the first thing that we're going to talk about, I'm going to let you just take it away while I uh, text these people back, is give me, so last time, listeners, we met with Grant Kono of ANA, and we talked a little bit about cultural appropriation of Hawaiian music in Waikiki. We talked a little bit about um, just appropriation of Hawaiian music in general and also like appreciation like a good example of appreciation of Hawaiian music in uh, Japan and all of that kind of stuff so uh, let's start from the beginning because I had posted a clip on TikTok and Sheena commented on it and she was like hey I would like to jump in on this conversation because I totally agree and somebody else our friend Chaz Kamau'u uh, who owns Hula Tees go follow Hula Tees Love on them too. Instagram and TikTok he also commented and he was like period me too i have lots to say so let's talk about it appropriation of hawaiian music ready set go appropriation of hawaiian music i'm not a music person like i don't know the just like the you know i just listen with my ear um but in terms of what like hula mm, I don't know. Okay, let's talk. Well, first of all, let's talk about cultural appropriation in hula. Okay, so cultural mm. appropriation. Let's return to our root <laughs> definition here at Moonkind Tings, which is taking any image, concept, manao, uh, word, um, tradition that, and using it in a way other than it's originally intended. Okay, so when we use that as the definition, then it's almost okay. To be the devil's advocate, it's almost impossible when we use that working definition to say that people are culturally appropriating hula because even uh, like hula, um, so like even like Waikiki hula, it has a place in our history, Mm -hmm. even though it's not specifically inherently Hawaiian, right? Yes. Okay. So we have, okay. So we start from the very beginning when Pa'au, right? Right. And Tahiti influenced uh, hula. Yeah. Even before that, um... So, like, prior to Pa'au, from what I've read... Sorry, yes, of course. From what I've read in, like, Naupuali'i um, uh, we were a Lono people. Okay. Um, and that's... I might be getting my Mo'olos mixed up. <laughs> I remember reading about this group of people even... in Oahu that were Kanehualani people, too. Isn't that interesting? No, yeah, so there's Ku, Kane, Lono... And Kanalo people, I'm assuming, obviously. Yeah. Because Pa'au brings ku. So that's, that's right. why that's we right. have right. human sacrifice. And Idol worship. In the way that we do. Um, the heiau and all that kind of stuff. So it's a lot more of that war-like um, characteristics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's okay. Pa'au. Pa'au brings ku people. Okay. The ku people. But there was, there's also like Lono people. Because um, then you have like what? Lono Maikahiki. Okay. Um, which obviously makes sense as to be Lono people. Um, but yeah. 
Okay, so we start at that point of Lono people and all these different clans. So basically across Hawaii before, there's all these different clans of people that are subscribed to different gods, basically. And after, you know, time goes on. So hula being one expression of artistic medium, as well as of like the the main purpose of hula is to tell stories, right? (laughs) Talk to me. Tell me. The main, okay, so hula back in like, let's say... Okay, I'm not going to give any dates because I'm really horrible with dates. Yeah, same. But um, hula was originally done on the heiaus, and it was very much more re- ritualistic. Like ho'omana. Like ho'omana stuff. Literally, like literally feeding energy The only to people that were dancing to were kane. And so those are the people that would dance on the heiau. I think ho'opa could be vahine too, but the olapa like old would school, only old be school. kane. Okay, okay. Um, so you Interesting have choice. <laughs> that little... Um, and I'm wondering if it's because I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't really say why. That's really interesting. I I'm, I'm I, I need to know more. I'm Let's, wondering if can we dive into of that cooey energy or like I haven't read anything or I haven't come across anything. So why do we look at hula today as being inherently whim- like vahine? mostly women and stuff? Um, and I think that's because a lot of who our heroes? I would I are quote unquote keepers of the flame, not quote unquote keepers of them, but the people that are keepers of the flame were predominantly the Lahine. Yeah. Uh, when so you start to look at the Olapas and stuff, I am honestly really not too sure why. But also because I might be hula skipping ahead. Hula and Lua. To me, I feel like so hula and Lua being dual. Yeah. Arts. Yeah. It's like Lua is for the con- well, but it's no, the, because the, we the have masculine lots of energy. Vahine. So you have yes, the masculine right. energy, and then you have the feminine energy, and of I think hula. okay, and like it inherently carries that energy, yeah. and then we in today's culture and society get mixed up and say, oh, that means that only women right. can do hula and only men can do lua. And so right now, why we only think, or when we only think of vahine being that, you have to think of um, eighteen fifty. Ka'ahu Manu did us dirty. Or was it 1830? 1830, she did us dirty. Yep, I think it's that one. Okay. Because 1850 doesn't sound like it, right? <laughs> but it, it might be 1850. See, I don't get In I don't one get of those dates. 1800s, Ka'ahu Manu. Yeah, so basically, Ka'ahu she reverted to the missionary takes and she said, um, no more hula, no more all the pagan tree stuff because we are now Christians or whatever really crazy were. that's crazy um and so double it and give it to the next person <laughs> period <laughs> luckily we had Kumu that went into hiding you know that decided to keep that stuff happening Thank oh goodness. and then in 1850 was when Kumu's now were able to get a license to teach hula or to dance hula um for ten dollars, which you see by what the I way, mean? like, the, is not is it's a lot of money. Okay, so number one, that that discourages our people from applying for things like that because why the fuck would they? And then on top of that, they have to pay money. Mm-hmm. And then number two, that also creates gives all of these fucking who daddy nobody who the fuck Jenny James Jessica to come in here and pay ten dollars and get yeah. a license, right? So that's like a double edge. Well, sword. not necessarily because back in that you got in, in the context of that time and energy that time right the only people that knew how to dance at that time were the people that kept it under wraps so okay it wasn't like the holidays are going to come over here and take up what they learned and do it but that happened 
in Waikiki Hula. It happened in what, just, so just at, during later. that time, so the reason why they had to get licensed was because in Honolulu and Lahaina, that's when they saw Hula as a very profitable, profitable, exploitable, exploitable, exploitable practice for the Malihini for the Malahini, basically. Because it's like, they all, it's like, they, at that time, okay, you know why? Because at that time, they were really looking at packaging, commercializing, No, yeah, and so that's where, that's where our romanticism comes from. That's why, that's where I was getting at with the whole, why the we think of skirts, Bahine now. The fucking it's because coconut bras. of during that time of Hapa Haole, uh, Malahini, like the only thing that they could practice hula, which unfortunately, um, tourism and entertainment was that avenue to where they could get it exposed but that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that that's not real hula because the kumu hula were still well-known kumu hula that had a lineage and could show their lineage and they were the ones that were doing it because I agree. my first talao was here in oahu and it's still Auntie hula Mikey's, is yeah, my no, point it is stu- like even the, though we don't agree the parallels agree. between Growing up in a predominantly Catholic halal, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. having, you know, and then going to Aiha'a style now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. My my halals are still the same. Like, the mindset is still the same. My kumu said, we do have a kuahu, but it's not the kuahu that I think of when I'm, I'm in Aiha'a. The kuahu is the bigger environment. We don't need a kuahu because we're dancing right here. Mm. And so mm-hmm. that was from my oahu. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. And, 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 and that's valid, too. And that's where... There's room for that, too. That's why it, you can have these multiple facets. You know, Hawaiians weren't... A lot of people like to think that Hawaiians stick to one religion, but you have a lot of... Fluid. You have a lot of fluidity between Well, the two. okay, I think that there's, a hu- again, huge difference between re- religion and spirituality. And, like, there's a lot of different elements of Hawaiian spirituality. But I feel like, oh, well, no, I hear you. Because before, when there are many different clans, it's like cool practices are very different mm-hmm. from lono practices, mm-hmm. which are very different from kale practices. Exactly. And so, like, to think that, oh, we didn't, but we were, oh, we didn't have, you know, one single, some, actually people, people did, Hawaiians did. But the thing is, they didn't just think that this That's one the only person valid. was the only person. Yes, they understand that everybody else was yeah. told. Well, to me, I, the way I think of it is like as many families as there were in Hawaii, which is like millions, there were millions of different family bloodlines, or I mean, okay, maybe not millions of family <laughs> bloodlines, but there were thousands of family bloodlines throughout the Pai'aina of Hawaii. That's how many traditions um, that were possible to have survived. That's how many different versions of the same exact fucking story that could have been told. You know what I'm saying? And there is the same yes, exact like story thousands with different of versions of Oahu the same story. Oahu has a Maui story. story. Maui has a Maui story. Hawaii yes. has a Maui story. Just like how there's a... Were born there. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Oh, God, it's crazy. It's all connected. You know, that's the thing about... When you're thinking about Hawaiian perspectives and all this kind of stuff is we never once believed that one thing was right. I mean, okay, for me to say that is t- totally false because... There are obviously Hawaiians. We're humans. That's the thing about being a human, and people don't understand, is that human nature is the reason why we have all of these different things. Because not one person is the same. Mm -hmm. And if you were to be same, then we would be identical twins. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. where does the diversity in that? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, there were definitely people that were probably like, no, um, 
this is right or my worship is right but at the same time Hawaiians understood that majority of people diversity yes something that has been popping up in my life a lot lately and like I'm personally super old school and really traditional and I'm always I not used to definitely be very black and white like Mm -hmm. there is a right way and there is a wrong way and I you know obviously have grown and understand that it's more of a sliding gray scale that like it's not a right or wrong that's that's itself is a really colonized thought yeah it's there's very much not only many different options and variations and versions but they're all totally valid and credible and like they all matter and are true to Mm -hmm. some degree you know Mm -hmm. there's somebody truth yeah okay so back to okay so back to cultural appropriation so on that note it's not possible is that what you're saying it's not possible to appropriate the culture in when it comes to music and hula because it is possible because because there's still some people that come out of left field with cultural appropriation didn't start cultural appropriation of hula didn't start in this new age era it started at the time of when they needed people to entertain the malihini. Okay, so that's okay, when you're so making your. We no. go from uh, Kane, Lono, Pele, Ku people to Pa'auma and Heo to Ka'ahumanu and uh, introduction of missionaries and abolitioning to abolishing abolition <laughs> to the 1900s where yeah. it starts to become territory and become packaged, romanticized. Yeah. And then we're moving into statehood. So that's yeah. like 1920s is the time you're talking about, right? Yeah, like Waikiki, yeah, fucking much, grass skirts. Yeah. Okay, okay. I just want to say this too. So like the abolition of hula. Listen to this, guys. Like I didn't realize why it was until I wrote my paper on that. Okay, go. Um, people like, okay, so the abolition of hula had a lot of reasoning behind why they did it and one of the main reasons was literally because they needed people to work and going in the to plantations Hula, are we in plantation era right like, now um or like no dole, this dole is pineapple like, factory kind work this is like oh i think so yeah might be it, no it was like mission i mean everything everything they're all the same but yeah like, they're all the 1800s yeah, it's the same it's the same i'm really shitty but um no yeah like it started because they wanted people to work and hula was seen as lazy lazy work you know they work for a certain amount of time they go and wash the hula because that's what hawaiians do they don't work all fucking eight hours a day they split it up and then they were like oh they don't want to go back to work now so we have to abolish it and then they abolished it and then they put up more bumps in the road mm-hmm. to stop teaching of hula and the culture is, that's really. where the licensing come in the okay, licensing okay. so it's like all these different in. obstacles yeah so aside from it being pagan it's also economically draining of that newer freaking plantation era and just getting people to work um but even then i i haven't i i don't really like reading much about the plantation era and i am not the best jade and i were totally just talking about that yesterday and we were kind of talking yeah. about like uh, plantation era doesn't get enough shade like that no. was a terrible time in Hawaii oh yeah and I have to write about that every time during my reports and I'm like okay wait this is another whole freaking conversation to talk about the social classism yeah, between our own people Okay, and then not even that but the fact that to me what we were talking about was like the fact that there was a whole people's like a whole nation a whole working system population here and all of the Luna or like these big plantations literally Mahele. came in and said there's not enough um and they don't want to work 
like the Hawaiians were not on board with their bullshit, so they said, "Well, let's just bring in people that, that will be, be on board with our bullshit." And that's why we had and all the people yes, that come in. Yes, all of that all and the like, immigrants, all my yes, kupuna, because literally yes, all my freaking yes. kupuna. <laughs> all everybody, you know what I mean? So yeah, oh god. So that's what's you know, it's like a sh- that's a shitty time. No, yeah. And not just that, but then that enables everybody to be able to make everyone like literally slavery. Mm-hmm. No, that's was really what was going a on. And like a lot, if you read a lot of the accounts and, and dividing, like literature of that dividing time, and conquering the people because it's fucking sad. You know, you had Portuguese being the Lunas. Yeah. Then you also had like the Asians predominantly working in better quote. I don't it's not better but like the better jobs yeah um and then you had the hawaiians that had the quote-unquote shittier jobs well, yeah i mean everything was shitty but like yeah. yeah it was just ridiculous and then you know favoritism it's more racial of favoritism. Segre- segre- segregation kind of stuff because they still had all these different camps for everybody specifically japanese camps hawaiian camps there's which is interesting to me because it's like how how do you work together intermingle but that even goes into like later that segregation yeah, goes into yeah. later accounts because yeah. like kakaako during my kupunas my tutu's time was definitely the still same like they had hawaiian homes and then you had the japanese homes just down yeah yeah even kaimuki my dad was oh, telling me fuck, well, yeah well, i bet so oh Pololo, but yeah no i think they had it's kind stuff of stuff in there too yeah yeah i think so it's freaking crazy dude Anyways, that's a different topic. So, um, to kind of wrap us up and not end us on such a bad note for this general, um, this general <laughs> podcast, this general public podcast, let's talk. Uh, just give me one. What was your biggest achievement this year uh, that has to do with hula? Oh my god, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> my biggest achievement this year was honestly just being able to dance in and open Merry Monarch Week as a Kumuhula. Mm. Um, because I remember in 2020 when we started planning, um, that was when we were fresh, freshly uniki. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was like, I went, I was the one that from my cohort to go in and into the, do the, into the meeting. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, I'm now with all my older siblings sitting at the same table getting in yes. that same input yes. even though i feel like i'm not worthy of it but mm. yeah um but i think that just within itself was my biggest accomplishment and then aside from just being able to go back and learn more hula from my older sibling pele mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um makes me even more grateful that the hula world connects you with so many different people yeah. and so many avenues to continue that learning you know just because it's so beautiful to me how much our hula genealogy has grown to in this past like five years mm-hmm. or so like, oh yeah that so was many that was the biggest thing okay so because we had taken a break because of covid yeah the amount of halals new halals that opened that up, up that popped up because we there was more unikis after us and they, they just wanted to learn and get out and just seeing the whole civic civic filled no, filled Freaking filled from the floor like yeah we never even have any space to do bigger hulas and so we stuck with certain hulas to do it was amazing for me and because of that i honestly named one of the things one of like the events that i named my new nephew after was that growth 
seeing that growth of our Unukupukupu family um, because it it just it just reminded me of how much impact we have even though we like to think that we're not making such a great impact then you are like brought back to life when you're when you see these big crowds of like a specific mindset to come in and be like no we're still here fostering that seed um and i think yeah that's just that's my biggest accomplishment this year um definitely i had a lot of more bigger accomplishments but i think just being able to be a kumu in that be publicized mm -hmm. i got to sit in the hawaka circle like that was beautiful i'm sorry I'm like, what yeah what no that's so sick uh love yeah. that for you what Thank a beautiful you. year and i did it with my best friend like yeah right next i to love me. i love to i love to see that like i love to see you and kekai in those spaces and really like taking up that space and and hold not taking it up but i mean holding that no space. i take it no i'm just kidding i'm kidding. holding that space for real yeah that's Aww. awesome i love that for you guys Ooh. all right everybody koi lopez oh also a quick mo'ohele shout out we're going to talk about mo'ohele more on patreon but mo'ohele is her amazing well, sorry are you still even mo'ohele um i haven't been in a long time but she but will there's again still good content on it and, and she, um, yes to me mo'ohele is more than just your that your time at that job that's why it's very much about your yeah. ala as like somebody that's learning more about your own ala kupuna no exactly so um, yeah at mo'ohele on instagram give her a follow thank you um she also does a lot of my art for uh moon painting so if you guys ghost ever need creating. yes my little ghost my little ghost artist if you guys Please ever pleasure. need <laughs> did you do did you see that thing i, I did, fucking I posted did. okay Actually, we'll talk about that after but um yes so follow her uh at mohele and then if you're interested in getting her as like an artist you can follow her at sheenzy on instagram um and she does amazing art seriously at a very affordable price I try but okay thanks but she no she really does she really does so yes thank you so much for being here with us today cue um crowd applause <laughs> that is what i'm talking about look at that fuck oh off the <laughs> scales i won a chihu comp this past yes weekend. that's okay. what won the chihu competition for the boto boys she told boto bangas oh sorry boto banga boy uh, that sounds kind of gay <laughs> it's not. Boys. There's nothing. Just anyway. This All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>